the whole world just shut down. With this new coronavirus that is going on, the COVID-19, nobody knows what's coming next. The situation on the ground changes minute by minute. 10 million people laid off. I just heard a million people in Canada laid off the same per capita number of people laid off. These are millions of people showing up for the unemployment line. There are people stuck at home till April 30th, May 30th, June 15th. There are people who are ordered to stay at home throughout the world. Some 70 to 90% of people are now homebound. The whole world has gone crazy. In 20 years, I wonder if they're going to call this the great pandemic, the great panic, the great crisis. You know, they had the Great Depression. Then we had the Great Recession. What name are they going to give to this? Are they going to focus just on the economy? Or are they going to focus on the fact that we just shut down everything for this pandemic? We have no idea. We don't know where this is going. We don't know where it's going to lead. We don't know where it's going to end. We can all take our best guesses. That's why I have this guest for you today. My guest today works with people constantly to help get them placed at companies, to help them make breakthroughs on their ability to get hired. We had a long interview. It's a much longer interview than normal because we did basically the typical segment and then we jumped into a lot of information about coronavirus, a lot of information about COVID-19. What is coming next? What do we see that is happening? How can we best position ourselves for the best possible future in this time of great uncertainty, in this time of everything changing by the minute and the whole world turning upside down? This is the Way to Greatness podcast, where we explore the journey from failure and mediocrity to success and greatness. And now your host, Ari Gunsberg. Welcome back to The Way to Greatness. Tonight, I am incredibly privileged and incredibly proud to have with me as my guest, the Brian Gallad from Canada. He is joining me tonight. It is very late. It's almost 12 a.m., although I know that he does the hashtag LinkedIn insomnia with Janaid Iqbal, and I'm hoping to have him on the show at a later date and whatnot. But anyways, Brian, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, about what you do? You can delve into your professional life if you want, or you can just delve into how you help people on LinkedIn and stuff like that. Definitely. First of all, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. It's an honor to be here. I jumped right in whenever you offered me to be here. I was like, yeah, sure. <laughs> um, I don't always say yes right away like this, but I was excited to be here. For anybody listening, I'm pretty sure that you can tell that I have an accent. So I was born and raised in Buenos Aires, Argentina. I lived there until I was almost 20 years old. And I moved to Canada almost 16 years ago with my parents and my sister, we went from a big city in Buenos Aires with millions of people to a very small town in Canada, in the smallest province with just 140,000 people. And it was a huge change. And then 
few years later, I moved to Toronto. And I have a technical background. I was privileged to attend the top school, technical school in Argentina. I chose computer science when I was 13 years old. I am still in technology. Uh, 23 years later, I lead software development teams, deliver product solutions, software solutions. And as of two years ago, I decided to start to become more active on LinkedIn or active at all. I wasn't active before. I didn't realize that there was a community on LinkedIn, that it was a social media platform or that it was starting to become one. And I was really hesitant, to be honest with you. I doubted myself. What kind of value can I provide here? Every single conversation that I saw, every single post that I saw, I thought to myself, looks like everybody's already chimed in what I thought. What's the point of me saying something that everybody else has said? And then I started to learn, you know, the culture behind this social media platform and the fact that I have a voice, that I can do something. But it took me a while to put my first like, my first comment to write my own article. I started writing articles first. I wrote 18 articles, actually. And then I realized, wait a second, nobody cares about articles, <laughs> right? Because there's no, people don't have attention span. What am I going to write a thousand word article for if nobody wants to read it? And then I switched over to posts. And then it took me four months until I ventured into video. I was hesitant about my looks, my accent, my everything, right? When you do something for the first time, it's so hard. Absolutely. Sometimes, I think, to do it for the first time. And then it is like, why didn't I do this before, right? So on LinkedIn, I can tell you later if you want, but on LinkedIn, I've been empowering a lot of people across the world. It just happened by fluke that I discovered that I had a skill to be able to help people. Uh, there's an interesting story behind it, but yeah, I've been helping people find those interviews that they cannot find on their own, crack the interviews, immigrate to Canada, and even monetize LinkedIn, make money on the side. And in this world, in this crisis that we're all living through, I think that it is so important to always have something on the side and not just rely on your employer. So Brian is being a little bit coy, I think, because I was looking through some of his posts just before. I don't remember exactly where I saw it, but he had a post about how to write a resume with some 44,000 likes on it and some 36,000 comments on it. So. <laughs> yeah, so that was my biggest post. That's his fluke, by the way, guys. No, 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 no. That was not my fluke. <laughs> that was not my fluke. Uh, I had a good feeling that that post would do well. And I, I'll tell you how it happened. That one was just a couple of months ago. Yep. But a lot of people actually said to me, or they were saying, not to me, but I mean, they were saying, oh, this guy is just trying to become famous overnight. What they didn't know is that I had posted 720 times before that one, right? So there's a thing about being consistent and showing up and doing it on a daily basis, and I never took a break, right? And then, of course, I had my one post where it was amazing. Before that one, my biggest post had been 260,000 views. This one ended up at 4.7 million views. Wow. But I only had 50,000 followers at the time. So 4.7 million views is X number of times above the number of followers that you have. Right. Typically, what you want is to at least reach the same number of views in terms of followers that you have. If you have 100,000 followers, you want 100,000 views on your post. If you don't, 
I guess you are not living to the expectation of what you could potentially achieve. If you do better, even better. Great. Uh, 4.7 million views was a lot. How that happened is partly sad and partly happy. I was, uh, my grandma in Argentina, she was going through her first chemo session, chemotherapy session. And I decided to go to Argentina to be by her side because I promised myself that if she ever needed me, I would be by her side. So when I was at the hospital going through her first chemo session, I realized, what am I doing? Why am I hoarding all this knowledge that I have and charging an arm and a leg, thousands of dollars, and there are people who cannot even get an interview, right? Like, I, I am blessed. I am employed. I am consulting for an organization, getting paid really well to do what I love. I also make money on the side. I am here with my grandma. Life is smiling at me. How come I am saving all this information when someone else can benefit from it and potentially feed their families, their kids? I wish if I was going through those struggles that there was, there was someone kind out there who would look after me. And then I was like, you know what? I am just going to give out this template, put it out there, and just hope for the best and hope that it reaches as many people as possible. And then that template has been downloaded. Last time I checked, it was like 75,000 downloads. And people message me all the time saying, Brian. 75,001. Because <laughs> I downloaded it while. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even send out resumes anymore. But I was like, I know your work. I'm saying, I see, I see you posting about the impacts that you have on people's lives. And I'm like, I should know what he puts down on his resume. Because there's got to be some secret sauce that I got to be able to see. So, uh <laughs> Thank you. It's like, yeah, I'm going to throw my name in there. Let's see what happens. So, yeah, I put it out. It was well received. There was no strings attached, nothing that I wanted to get out of it. I wasn't trying to upsell anything to anyone. Of course, a lot of people got upset, the people who provide those services, right. and they charge money too. Not everybody liked it. But you know what? I am not doing anything to please other people. I'm doing something that I truly believe in my heart that will help other people who are truly struggling. And I put no filters and I didn't ask, are you struggling? Are you not? Can you afford it? Can you? There were no questions. You want my resume? Here you go. Download it. And on top of that, I did a LinkedIn Live. Sorry to cut you off. I did a LinkedIn Live for three hours with uh, Joel Dalgi. And I explained how to use it, how to fill it out. Because having a template it's like having the chassis of a Ferrari. If you have the chassis alone, but you don't have the seats, the steering wheel, you don't have, you don't have the doors, you don't have anything, you cannot drive that Ferrari. So you need some instructions how to put it together. So I put together a video for free as well. Wow. So people could download the template and they could download the video to learn how to complete that template with their own content. And by the way, I, I'm a firm believer that the people who will pay somebody to do something for them would still like they might download your template and your video and watch it and still be like, I need somebody to do this for me. Of course. And they're still going to hire the person. They're going to say, listen, I know this guy. I know he gets results. Can you please use his template? And can you please just do it his way? And these people can, can fit into the, by the way, I, I wouldn't be surprised if a decent chunk of your downloads were people who sell these services and they're going to might maybe use part of your technique to sit there and get people jobs and stuff. Yeah. You're going to need to stay one step ahead of the curve, you know? That's fine. That, no, listen, that's totally fine. When I give something away, and if it's coming from my heart, which is typically where anything that I give away comes from, if I truly believe that it is the right thing to do, it is because I want everybody to have it. 
if other people can monetize that or if they think that that's the right thing, ripping me off, this is more work they can claim <laughs> as if it was their own. If they can sleep at night, it's on them. I know that I did the right thing. I know that I reached within my heart. I gave it away. And then whatever happens, happens. If things come my way, great. If they don't come my way, I had no expectations anyway. So I have nothing to lose. I already won. The moment that I gave, I won. That's it. That's a fantastic attitude. And by the way, giving, it happens to be the first of my five keys to greatness. Oh, okay. You want to share the other four? Or maybe throw the... Um, I mean, usually I sit there and put it into a webinar. We can drop it in right now. Yes, sure. So the five keys to greatness, quickly, we have give. So I use the mnemonic great, right? So we have give, reason, like have a purpose or a reason to live, engage, meaning be more present in the present moment. Amazing. Focus on positive mindset, like you've been exhibiting this entire time. And tenacity. Be persistent, right? By King Solomon, it says, Seven times a righteous man falls and yet he rises again. It's rising again that makes the difference. Not sitting there and falling and saying, that's it, I give up. So those are the five keys to greatness. It's a simple framework to hold on to in the beginning, but there's a lot of depth as you start to build it out and start to figure out the different aspects, the different things and stuff. You know, So like somebody might sit there and say, oh, there's no goal setting in there. Well, goal setting fits into one of the five keys to greatness when you're ready for it, when you're up to it, you know, so you can figure out your own goal setting method. You don't have to fit into mine. It's a framework. I'd love to know how you came up with that. How long ago, how you were inspired to come up with that. <laughs> we could always talk about it. It sounds like you're ready to flip the tables on me and start interviewing me. Yeah. Yeah. No, because I'm truly interested because every single one of these keys, they resonate with me. I mean, it is as if you were speaking to me about who I am. So yeah, for sure. Awesome. I, I mean, I'd love to have a whole episode just on that, but to just, <laughs> one reason why I really wanted to have this episode is because it is today, it is April 7th. And again, like it's, it's really late at night and I'm going to go ahead and do this now. We had mentioned before, we were discussing stuff a little bit before. I want to just say salute. Anyways, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> so there is this crazy, crazy thing happening right now. And that is COVID-19. And I want to jump into that soon. We can have a whole episode dedicated to the five keys. And there's actually a couple of episodes that I want a guest host to come on and interview me about specific things. And it could be, you know, maybe you'll be that guy. I don't know if you'd have to tell me if you're willing or not, but I want to jump into a couple of small nuances about your life. And then I want to really talk about your expertise with resumes, with hiring about COVID-19, because this is what's on everybody's mind. The entire world shut down two, three weeks ago, depending on where you live. Everybody, I mean, like 90% of the world is not able to leave their house unless it's for essential things right now. And businesses are shutting and 10 million people filed for unemployment last week. And it's probably going to be the same or more this week. I mean, it's just the entire world is changing in a drastic way. Every minute that we're awake, every minute that we're sleeping, everything just, it's different. Uh, You know, like I was talking to people in Virginia today, their stay at home orders are supposed to last until June 15th. You know, I mean, a lot of people, their stay-at-home orders don't go that long. They might end up going that long. We don't know. But the fact that he felt like it was necessary to extend them until June 15th, I mean, this is, we are in an unprecedented time, and I wanted to get some of your thoughts on that. So we'll jump into that in a minute, if that's okay. Yeah, absolutely. But before we do, the theme of this podcast is failure and success, and I was hoping you might be able to take us briefly to a moment of great failure that you experienced in your life. Uh, you know, I know you, you were born in Argentina, you moved to 
um, the island off the coast. Edward Island. Prince Edwards. I was going to say St. Thomas, but I knew that wasn't right. So I was looking through your, your bio and stuff. So you moved to Prince Edward. It's a small town. What would you feel like is one of the biggest failures that you'll be willing to share with us? I can share anything. Um, I think that I associate failure with disappointment, with disappointing other people, especially when I don't want to disappoint other people. That is wow. as open and as honest as I can tell you. Let's, can we just repeat that for a second? So first of all, I've had conversations before where people were adverse to calling something failure because they, you know, a lot of people think that failures, that's it, you're done, right? But I mean, I'm looking at failure as a fluid moment, meaning, you know, you fail and then you get up and you continue again. But what you just said is, is fascinating because what you're saying is that you define failure as a time when you're disappointing somebody other than yourself mm-hmm. in the type of time when you care greatly about that disappointment, meaning the gas station attendant that you disappointed because you didn't say thank you okay, you weren't polite, but you know, nobody really cares. But like, right, like the parent figure, the, the mentor, the, the good friend, the wife, the kid, right? And creating that disappointing moment in their life. I have to agree with you. I don't know if that's all that failure is, but I know for myself that anytime you're in one of those moments, excuse me, it feels like great failure, right? Yeah, totally. I, need, I have really good memory, which is a good thing and a bad thing because... All these memories, I carry them since I was really young, the good ones and the bad ones. I mean, I remember, I don't know, like I'm going to tell you very personal stuff right now, but I remember when I was a kid, I thought it was so clever. I figured there was a window opening the restaurant of the club that we used to go to. And I was like, oh, it's late at night with other kids. We went and we took the ice cream. My dad taught me that that's not the right thing to do, right? And the next day I had to go and apologize and he paid for all that ice cream. and. And that was a big disappointment. As a kid, I learned not to steal because my dad taught me after I took things that I, I shouldn't have, right? But then, of course, as the, the older you grow, the more disappointments you have that you cause on other people. For example, I don't like to lie. I don't lie, okay? I just I never have to remember anything that I say because I don't lie. And this is because, first of all, I never used to lie. But the one time that I lied, it was about a crash that basically I almost destroyed my dad's car. It was a beautiful car. I was driving with my best friend, coming back from clubbing at four in the morning, did a U-turn and got T-boned by a car. Nothing happened, thank God, nothing. Nobody got injured. But we came up, like our instant reaction was, what are we going to come up with, right? The lies of some sort. We came up with something. And we believed in that lie until, of course, the lie came out that it was a lie because the other car was saying, or the other driver was saying, this is not what happened, right? And the huge disappointment that came onto my parents and my grandparents, how, why did you lie? First of all, weren't we best friends, right? My parents were my best friends. Why did I have to lie? Why did my best friend have to lie? He was like their second child. So that was a huge disappointment. And to me, that was like, you know what? I never lied before. I don't have to lie ever again. Because it was hugely, hugely disappointing. First on them and then on me because it stays with me forever. Right. It created that impact in you. Oh, for sure. 100%. But then the more you grow, of course, you have more experiences. And I think that another one would be about in business, disappointing, not about, so I am very entrepreneurial and just like any entrepreneur, 
whenever you're an entrepreneur, you don't just have one project or one product that you're working on. That's <laughs> shiny object syndrome. Yeah. You go through the first one, well, it works out, it doesn't work out, you move on. You always have a new one coming up. And I had people invest in me. And things didn't work out. But what I didn't realize is that I was not communicating and delegating as much as I could have onto my partners. So they were okay. They understood. I, I warned them before they invested any money in this project, in this product, that 99.99% of the chances was that it was going to fail, that they should not invest any money that they needed to feed their children. And they were totally fine with that. What they were not totally cool with was with me being unable to delegate to them or communicate to them what we were going through, successes, struggles, and so on. Asking for help also, yeah. At the same time, I had never been the CEO, quote-unquote CEO, the leader of a product, right? So for me, this was new, right? And I did the best job I could for as long as I could. There are no excuses. I mean, this is my journey, my experience. Could I have done things better? Could I have communicated better to them to make them more part of what, whatever it is that we were going through? Absolutely, 100%. And that's why when I recognize that I have to apologize, it is because it's on me. If I end up apologizing about something because I know in my heart that it, is, it was not the right thing to do, that I could have acted better, not maliciously, okay? I didn't act maliciously in any way. Could I have been more professional about something? Could I have been more diligent? Could I have whatever it is? And if the answer is yes, 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 then it falls on me because they trusted me that I was going to do the right thing all along. I thought I was doing the right thing only to my capacity, right? So those are my failures. I see every single failure as an opportunity to learn and to become better and stronger. Absolutely. I don't want to ruin relationships with people. You don't just throw people away. I mean, there was one situation from someone who invested in this. I couldn't believe this. You know when you always say, oh, I stand for this, for these values, and then there's a certain situation or moment in your life where you are tested. Do you actually stand for that or not? So someone wanted to buy out everybody else. Just throw them out. I had 20 investors. There was one who was like, just choose me. Get rid of everybody else. We'll buy them out. You stay with me. I said, what are you proposing? These people invested in me. They, they trusted me. I'm not going to just use them and throw them away whenever I don't need them anymore. If they want to leave, they can live on their own. But I'm not going to just do the wrong thing and throw them away. right? So that was a proud moment. But it was related also to this failure that I was mentioning about. At that moment, I realized, wait a second, when I say that I stand for integrity and, and truly respecting people and appreciating them, I realized, yes, I, I truly do. Because even when someone said, I want to give you a lot of money so that you can get rid of everybody else, I didn't take it. I didn't take the easy way. I did what I thought was the right thing for everybody else. Did that business end up working out? No, it didn't end up working out, but I didn't regret because one of the things that I say, sorry, He's a rather fail a thousand businesses than one person. So the a rather fail every single business that I started than one person. If I failed in terms of Were you able to pay the investors back? No, no, I haven't, and I have an amazing relationship with them. Um, which is great. I was able to apologize about any 
not wrongdoing per se, but really about maybe not acting to the best of my capacity, right? But everybody knew. I mean, I, I was mentioning to you before we started recording that we have different life circumstances, right? So as a parent, as a, as a spouse, I mean, whenever I dive into a new product or a new project, I have to balance that with my personal life, also with the fact that I am employed somewhere else. So these are all conflicts that you have, right? For time. So there's only so much capacity that you can apply towards something. In these circumstances, if you were a student and you were living in your parents' basement, maybe you would have a different set of circumstances. Or maybe if you were an investor who had saved up some money or decided to live more frugal, and you said, you know what, I'm going to just um, dive into this product or project, and I just want to do that alone. One thing that I learned is that, you know, if you have many conflicting interests, any product that you're working on as an entrepreneur, you can potentially fail it, not because you are not dedicated, but because you're really diluting your energy into many other things, many other responsibilities. It's the entrepreneurial curse. I mean, we, we delude ourselves into so many different places that until we're able to properly bring the people in that can support us and delegate. I mean, if you look at the people who made it big, it's generally people who were able to surround themselves with really smart, really dedicated, really capable people mm-hmm. that complemented their skills and their abilities, right? Steve Jobs had Steve Wozniak and, and Bill Gates had... Um, yeah. I'm not sure exactly who, but all the people around him. And, you know, you, if you go through the people who are wildly successful, generally speaking, it's because they had, it, meaning it's, it's uncommon to find a true solopreneur mm-hmm. who makes it huge. You know, I, I'd be hard pressed to f- figure out anybody who sat there and just made it huge on their own. Elon Musk. I mean, he seems like it's just him, but it's not just him. He's got his whole team in SpaceX. He's got his whole team by Tesla. You know, he, he gets great people to be around him creates a vision and uses these people, not uses, not in a bad way, but I'm saying, you know, uh, works with these people to to create, to do what he can to sit there and actualize his vision. Mm-hmm. It's pretty amazing. So that's, and it's amazing that you have a good relationship with your investors after you lost their money. I'm saying, you know, that, that just shows how powerful relationships can truly be. And I watched a webinar a few days ago about relationships and just relationships. Relationships are fantastic when we can use them properly. You've experienced a tremendous amount of success in a few different areas. I only want to touch upon one of them before we jump into the more of the COVID-19 coronavirus segment. Which one of these areas of success would you like to talk about? The resume building slash uh, career placement, your own personal career, which you really never talk about on uh, social media, (laughs) or your new mission to help people immigrate to Canada? I don't have more. That's not... And he's got more. Yeah, because of all this COVID-19, I started trying to get even more people to get back on their feet and to be able to monetize LinkedIn as well, right? So I started. Ah, uh, okay. But now I'm going full force on that as well because people are struggling with that. We are relying on the government, but who knows for how long. Did Canada pass a stimulus bill? So they're handing out money also? Yeah, yeah. Until this thing blows over? Pretty much, I guess they will. For sure, for four months. 2,000 per person per month. 2,000 per person per month. Wow. Okay. Yeah. As long as you were impacted by COVID-19. 
Right, which is like 70 to 90% of the population probably. Yeah. And then for if you have children, you get more money yep. for those as well. So if I had to choose one of those topics, I don't know. I have to tell you that I have to be loyal to how this whole thing started. And I think that it is important to recognize where it started and what gave me the strength to unlock my potential. Because unless I go to the root of how I realized that I could make a difference, make a positive impact in other people's lives, no matter what else I have been able to achieve, unless I go back there, people are not going to understand where this originated and what drove me to want to keep on doing this and discovering more. That really, that moment unlocked so much potential out of me. So what was that moment? So here's what happened. As I mentioned earlier, I was starting to write articles on LinkedIn. And I didn't write that many, 18, right? And then I realized that I need to write posts. So what happened is that at some point, at the beginning of my journey on LinkedIn, someone out of South Africa reached out to me and he said, Brian, can you help me with my next interview? And he said, yeah, sure. When is it? Before we go forward, sorry. Yeah. Why did he think that you would be able to help him with his interview? Were you already posting about resumes and interviews? I was posting about, I guess, career advice or leadership. Who knows? Ah, okay, okay. And were your articles were about career advice also? Who knows? Growth, leadership. <laughs> you wrote them. What do you mean, who knows? <laughs> I was talking about interviews as well. I was talking about... But you did have some content about interviews. Yeah, yeah. Oh, fine, fine, fine. I Meaning it wasn't a shot out of the blue that he asked you about it. No, no, no. Oh, okay, no. fine. No, it was related. And he reached out to me. I was very small on LinkedIn at that moment. I had, who knows? Actually, sorry. The first time I monetized LinkedIn, I think that some of these things will tie in together. When I started monetizing LinkedIn, I had 808 followers. 808. Wow. So I have 141,000. So, and that was not too long ago. What happened was that this gentleman, he reached out to me. He lived in South Africa. And he asked me for help with his next interview. And I said, okay, when is your next interview? I was like, yeah, for sure, I'll help you. When is it? He said, I don't, I don't have one. <laughs> I thought to myself, I, came. I was like, okay, whenever you have one, come back. I thought he would never come back. Two days later, he came back and he said, Brian, I have an interview tomorrow. I was like, yeah, congratulations. That's amazing. And out of my heart, again, I, I talked earlier about doing things out of my heart, which is where I do anything from. Otherwise, if I don't feel it in my heart, I don't do anything. Okay. So I said, can I help you? I was not trying to monetize this. I had never done this before. I just said, can I help you? So his answer to me was, do you have any experience with logistics? with the logistics and freight industry. <laughs> and I said, no. However, I know how to interview really well. He said, okay, I'll take you up on that. <laughs> so we hopped on a call for 35 minutes. I'm not kidding you. 35 minutes. I was able to understand his mindset, what held him back in the past, his struggles, how long he was unemployed for. By the way, he lied to me. He said that he had been unemployed for two months. He had actually been unemployed for two years. 
I mentored him for 35 minutes. At the time, was I was actually at the hospital because I was, I had a, an infection on my thumb. I had a wasp. It bit me on my thumb and I got an infection. I could have died from this infection. Anyway, I was at the hospital, but I wanted to help him so badly. And I was like, yeah, I'll help you. So I mentored him for 35 minutes. The next day, I messaged him. I sent him some good vibes. I said, hey, I believe in you. I know that you're going to do really well. Go for it. Let me know how you do. He came out of the interview. He reached out to me and he said, Brian, it's mine. I feel it that I got this. Okay? I did really well. I followed everything that you mentioned, that you told me to do. I said, okay, great. That's amazing. I believed in him. But I mean, I was like, he also believed for the last two months, which I found out that it was two years, that he also got it every single time, right? Anyway, two weeks later, it was my dad's anniversary of the passing of my dad. He passed away five years earlier. And that day I was like, you know what? I'm feeling something is going to change today. I'm feeling something. So I messaged this guy. I said, any news? No news? Good news? He said, I got it. I am the right hand of the CEO of a multinational in logistics. I was like, oh my God, I couldn't <laughs> believe it. Right? So we celebrated. The guy was crying to me on the phone. He had to pull over. He was driving on the road. He pulled over. He was really emotional. So, okay, we celebrated and everything. And then I, I started thinking, I was like, hold on a second. Is this a coincidence? Or do I actually have a skill? And can I actually make a difference, make a positive impact in other people's lives? And that's when I went on a quest to try to find more people, to see whether I could make a positive impact in other people's lives. So I looked for newcomers to Canada. I looked for people across the world, in the States, in South Africa, in Australia, wherever. Whoever needed help, I was willing to help. And every single person that I helped, on their very next interview, they would get the offer. Wow. I couldn't believe it. I was like, Every single one, I think that I did eight people, back to back to back. And then my wife said to me, hold on a second, Brian, I love what you're doing. It's amazing. But remember, you have a wife, you have a child at home. <laughs> you're spending all this time at the office. And on top of that, you're spending weekends and evenings. And what are we? She said, she's amazing, by the way. She's not materialistic. But she said, if you're going to spend time outside our family, make it worthwhile. At least bring some money home. Right? Be at least recognized and appreciated for what you do for them. Otherwise, you're going to be taken advantage. You don't even know them. You don't know what, who they are, what their values are. So I listened to her. I started charging 15 bucks an hour. <laughs> I ended up charging later, months down the road, 1,500 bucks an hour. So I went from $15 an hour to 1,500 an hour. I'm curious, by the way. Yeah. Who do you feel values you more as a client? Somebody who's paying you fifteen an hour, or somebody who's paying you fifteen hundred an hour? Fifteen hundred, and if they had to pay more, they would pay more because they believe that you're worth it, right? Well, that for sure. But I tell you, so here's the thing with me: I don't ever want to be associated with a waste of time or money. I mean, I told a very personal story earlier about the failure, right? Making people lose money. Yep. So I learned my lesson that I don't want to be ever associated with making people lose time or money. So my guarantee to people is that if they're disappointed with my service, all they have to say is, this is not what I was looking for. I want my money back. Great, no problem. Here you go, 100%.
Out of curiosity, I will ask you, what is it? Where can I improve? But regardless of whether they are gaming me or not, I'll give you your money back. I don't want my name trashed out there in the open, right? So it's my personal guarantee that I will deliver value because I believe in it. I'll tell you something very, very funny. This guy drove actually, so you were here in Kitchener. This guy drove from Kitchener, an hour and a half from Toronto, to meet with me in person for a session that was basically 1,500 bucks an hour. But it was three hours, so it was 4,500 for three hours. Sometime around in the middle of this uh, session, he said, Brian, do you want to know why I'm here in front of you? He said, sure, yeah, please tell me. There are three reasons. The first one is because you have a really good vibe. I said, like, wow, thank you very much. I appreciate that. The second one is because there are so many success stories around you that I want to be the next one. And the third one is because you're so damn expensive that I need to find out what it is that you offer. <laughs> the interesting thing about this guy is that he was sitting down with me for interview mentorship and he didn't even have an interview coming up. He was not even thinking of interviewing, but he was so curious and he wanted to grow in his career. And he was like, I want this guy. I want to know what he's offering, even though he was not interviewing. He was willing to pay. You know, in poker, have you ever played poker? Uh, yeah, <laughs> a lot. <laughs> when I was younger. <laughs> if you want to see what the other player has, you have to call. Yep. Right? You have to put the money on the table. <laughs> so this guy, I guess, he wanted to see what cards I had. Amazing. And he basically, was, he was ready to pay. And he was wealthy to pay, but he was like, I'll pay you in, in installments even. I want to see what cards you have. The reason I ask that is because I've seen a lot of different articles about pricing theory. You know, like they say, you know, price what you're worth, price the bare minimum that the market will bear, blah, blah, blah. But then there's also like the luxury price theory that you sit there and you drop a luxury price on what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And you sit there and you say, look, this is what I'm worth. And if you're not willing to pay this and you get rid of so much garbage of like people who would, you know, nitpick and nickel and dime because nobody who's nickel and diming is going to turn around and sit there and even talk to you about your luxury price. Because the second you drop your luxury price number out there, they're like, oh, it's not for me. <laughs> <You know? laughs> like there's a story that I saw online, a photographer, she was charging, I think like $3,000 for a wedding. She wanted to work less. So she says, okay, if I want to do about five weddings a month, let's say $15,000. So if I start charging $15,000 for a wedding, I just need one wedding every single month and I'll be fine. So she bumped her price up to $15,000 and people say, oh, $15,000 photographer? Must be amazing. Exactly. I want her. And she started getting busier. She's like, huh. Okay. <laughs> it's interesting. I have good friends. So Jonayad, actually, who you were yeah. talking to earlier, he's actually providing resume writing services as well. Right. You guys are in like the same. We don't do anything. Before. From a layman's perspective, I see that you guys do the same thing, but that he specializes in people without degrees, right? Sure. I, I specialize in anybody who can pay. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I gave away my resume for free, so I am not monetizing that anymore, except unless people are like, no, I really want you to write my resume. I'm like, okay, sure. If you really want me to, I, I guess I will. Right. But Jonayad, it's, it's, it's not many people who will say, no, I don't want that money. Forget it. Jonayad, <laughs> he significantly, I, I'm not sure how to call this, but in terms of value, it's the same value. Okay, he's just as knowledgeable. 
but he's 10 times less expensive than I am. So whenever we do a LinkedIn Live or a Zoom or whatever, I say to people, don't come with me. Go with Janiyat. That's amazing. He's great. He's more than what you need, right? He's amazing. And then some people still choose to come with me because they've built my reputation. They like my personality, whatever it is. They can afford me. They like the fact that I provide installments, options, whatever it is. And Janiyat does as well, okay? But some people choose to come with me and some people choose to go with him. And that's totally fine. So I wanted to work less. But I also believe that my service, I want to be perceived as the Rolls Royce of whatever it is that I do. Because that's the value that I believe I am delivering. Absolutely. So I want to be the Rolls Royce and I want people to pay for my Rolls Royce. So whatever it is that I offer, I start cheap. But as soon as I start to validate that whatever value I am delivering actually works, I'll be ready for that number to skyrocket. <laughs> for, sure. for sure. Why not? Why not? I appreciate it. I feel like we've gotten a good handle on some of the failures that you've experienced. We've gotten a decent handle on some of the successes that you've experienced. And this is amazing. And I appreciate that you are so forthwith with the, you know, yourself and, and, and telling people about what you've experienced and what you've been through. And thank you for that. If it's okay, I would love to pick your brain right now because COVID-19 is on everybody's minds. People are losing jobs all over the place. Like I said before, in the U.S., there's been some 10 million claims for unemployment in the past week or two. In Canada, I'm sure it's about just as bad. And I mean, this is going on everywhere. Businesses are shutting down. I saw a story a little while ago about a guy who had to shut his business down. He laid off all 45 of his employees. There was one other thing he did, and then he went back and he shot himself. I'm saying like, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't, I'm laughing. I'm not laughing because it's funny. It's not funny. It's terrible. Yeah. The, the impressive part about that story that I saw is that as much as he wasn't able to deal with what was going on in the aftermath of it, he felt like it was his responsibility to deal with people one-on-one, to sit there and you know move them into their next space. He dealt with them. He didn't sit there and just run away and kill himself. He dealt with every single part of his thing in order to make it that it was addressed. And then he's like, I can't deal with this. The President Trump has said a number of times, the cure can't be worse than the disease. I am not going to even begin to try and get into the science of the medical part of it. But I mean, everybody's hurting right now. And so I'd love to hear some of your thoughts on what's going on with the economy, what's going to happen with job searches now. I mean, like we were, I don't know if Canada was in the same place, but we were in a place where almost everybody in the labor force was hired. So when somebody would want to get a job, there's only a few people vying for that position that are eligible for that position. And all of a sudden it has 10 million people. There's people that are highly qualified that are all going to be vying for the same job. So now it's going to be one job with a thousand resumes, 10,000 resumes. What are some thoughts, some of your thoughts on, on the new, on the new world order? What are some of your thoughts on, and I, I can ask additional questions after this because I'm throwing a lot at you, but the new world order, what are some of your thoughts on what people can do to maybe get ahead, to stand out from the crowd, to, to brush up on what they're doing, to, to just build themselves up into something that's bigger and something that's more so that they can, with every change that comes, it's always an potentially, not for everybody, but potentially an opportunity to grow, an opportunity to make something more of yourself. And this is a, a huge change. And so there will be people who come out of this stronger and there will be people who come out of this with making more money and 
in a better position than they were before, and there will be people who won't. So what are things that people can do to bring themselves to this point, you know? Amazing questions. Um, the first thing that I'd like to say is for anybody listening, sending good vibes to everybody. And I'm sorry if you're going through any of this, if you've been affected emotionally, financially, health-wise, or if any of your loved ones have, and sending you good vibes, Ari, as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. I'm, I'm so interested in what you have to say that I'm not even... Yes, you're right. It's... Uh, yeah. What is going on is unprecedented and it's there's pain everywhere. I mean, I, it's hitting literally anybody I talk to, it's hitting them in some way, somehow. And united we stand, divided we fall. Yeah. The more that we're in this together and the more that we focus on... I know people who were like, I need whatever it was from the supermarket. And I was like, listen, I'm happy to go and get it for you, but I will not hoard it. <laughs> I'm not buying six of them. We only need one and that will get us through. And other people need it also. And it's just, right. We need to focus on our humanity most of all. And thank you for that. Right. No, pleasure. So what I think about this is the following. Uh, we're all hurting. A lot of organizations are shutting down. As Ari was mentioning, 10 million applications for employment insurance or unemployment insurance in the States. Proportionally, we've had the same in Canada, a million. So we are 10 times less in Canada. So we've had 10 times less applications, but proportionally it's the same. We are blessed that our countries are doing things for us, but not everybody around the world has their countries do something for them. What I believe is going to happen with the job seekers and the labor market is that once organizations feel confident to start hiring again, they're going to reevaluate whether they actually need such a large workforce as they did before. I don't know whether they are going to double down and go stronger and bigger than they did before. I've heard about coronavirus or the corona type virus having a second blast sometime maybe in a year from now, right? So once we recover from this one, it might happen again. Now, when these organizations start to hire back, I guess the workforce looking to get hired is significantly higher, bigger than it was before. 10 times the people are going to be fighting for the same job that they were before. Before there were like maybe 200 people fighting for the same one. Now there will be 2000 people fighting for the same one, right? And now the ones who will be in control or in power will be the organizations, right? They'll be able to pay much less to be able to get the same labor. So we'll see if they are good to society, if they are loyal to people, if they are, if they are real, if they are really recognizing you for the experience, for the skills, knowledge, and expertise that you have, because if they're not motivating you and if they're not paying you according to your experience, then what are they going to get from you, right? Maybe you choose to leave and go look somewhere else, but maybe you can't because there's so much competition out there. So what I have been doing since before all these crises started is trying to mentor people so that you can actually have a side hustle, side income. Don't call it passive income because th there's nothing passive about being active on LinkedIn. I've spent up to 60 hours per week on LinkedIn to build myself up on a weekly basis for two years. 
I'm spending less time now because I've become more efficient with my time, with how I spend my time on LinkedIn. However, I did spend up to 60 hours per week. 40 hours would be just on my phone and maybe another 20 hours on the computer. Wow. That's a lot of time, right? And you're holding a full-time job? I'm holding a full-time job. Uh, being a and a wife? Spouse, and being a dad? Dad of two. I'm friend and son. <laughs> you must have longer weeks than the rest of us. what i advise people to do right now whether you are employed or unemployed because nobody is safe even though i am employed i I am a consultant right now i am providing a service to an organization and our clients are multi-billion dollar clients that everybody knows and i don't want to talk about them because it has nothing to do with us right now i am not safe my colleague who is a senior product owner who I look up to, who is amazing, an amazing human being, he was just let go, right? He was also a consultant. His contract was ended and mine was kept. He had been there for two years. He started before me. For some reason, they chose me to continue. I don't know if it is because I am paid less. I don't know if it is because I get along better with my manager. I don't know why, but I was allowed to continue. But that may change next week, right? I never assume that I am safe anymore. Right. I can only provide my own safety. I mean, God provides my own safety, but I need to work on my own safety. We have a concept in that in Judaism. It's called hishtadlis. Basically, you have to you have to do. God does, but you have to do your part. And obviously, you know, the world that we live in, we understand that there's people who believe, there's people who don't, whatever. Mm -hmm. For the people who believe, right, there's a concept that God does, and we have to do our part because if we don't do our part, then God says, well, if you don't care, (laughs) I don't care, you know? So, right. No, sorry, let me tell you something. Yes, sorry, sorry. I've been in Canada for 16 years, 16 and a half years. For 14 years, I was always a full-time employee never even entertained the idea of being a consultant. I was like, full-time versus contract? What do you mean contract? Jumping around and having to find <laughs> a new opportunity every year or every two years? I was like, no, never. Like, why would I want that? I want the health insurance. I want the I want vacation. I want the sick days, right? Stability. Absolutely. I didn't know. And then I should have known better because I saw it. I saw it 11 years ago. When I joined this large organization and this guy who had worked for them for 25 years, I saw him walk away with his box and his you know, belongings in a box. I was like, a guy who has been here for 25 years, he's walked away by security as if he was some sort of burglar, right? Or criminal, right? I'm like, hold on a second. I was like, I should have realized back then no, wait, maybe there's no safety. Even if you work and you dedicate your entire career to an organization, maybe they're going through tough times financially. Maybe it is that you have become too costly for the role that you have. Maybe they don't see you grow anymore and they need to find someone who needs to continue to grow, whatever the reason might be. Maybe you let the you drop the ball because you're going through some personal situation, right? Maybe some illness, God forbid, maybe financial situation, whatever it is. But all of a sudden, they let you go after 25 years of dedication to your organization. So what I learned, not back then, but I learned it, let's say, a year or two years ago, two years ago, actually, when the government of Canada offered me a position as a contractor. First of all, I could make a killing 
financially compared to a full-time position, significantly more, maybe 100% more. Like I doubled my salary, okay, which is insane. And besides that, I didn't have to deal with all the politics of the organization. You tell me what you want me to do. I'll do it. No problem at all. And one more thing. As a contractor, as a consultant, it's actually, it reflects that you're good whenever you're jumping around. They don't want you to stay too long at an organization. So whenever you jump from one organization to another, it's amazing because you keep on learning new skills. You keep on pushing yourself. You're always in a new environment where you have to excel. You keep on meeting new people who might have better opportunities down the road for you. You might make new friends, your best friend for life. Who knows? So in the last two years as a consultant, I've been significantly happier and more successful than the previous 14 years as a full-time employee. I will recommend this for anyone who's single, though. If you're single, you're putting too much risk on yourself. If you are in a relationship or you're married, I advise to consider the option to have one of you full-time and the other one as a consultant so that you don't take 100% of the risk, you take 50% of the risk. Unless they have a, a nest egg or something. If the person has the money in the background to make it through the tough times as a consultant. Right. Yeah. Because I can make in six months as much as I would have made in one year as a full-time employee. It's amazing. Right? And besides that, because of LinkedIn, and I've made over $150,000 US off of LinkedIn, providing value. Again, resumes, interviews, helping people monetize, uh, bring people to Canada, you name it. I've made so much money through so many different verticals or, or areas of expertise that I didn't know before. I just pushed myself to learn new areas because, first of all, I get bored very easily. <laughs> I don't want to be doing the exact same thing. How many times can I mentor someone, right? And say the exact same thing. So anything that I do, I turn it into a video. Do you want my video? <laughs> you can download it. Now people download my video for $2,500 per video. Wow. I don't even have to do anything. I don't even have to send them the video. It's all automated. If you're still listening, please open your mind and start to think about what you can do with your skills. What do you think somebody else might pay you for? What might they pay you for? I'm very happy you brought a lot of these things up. I mean, there's so much to go into. But first of all, job safety. I mean, we were in this point 10, 15 years ago where already people realized that nobody's doing the 35 years at a company and then getting the gold watch anymore. It just is not happening anymore. But now more than ever with this entire coronavirus crisis happening, there is no stability anywhere. And now it's clear as day that there's no safety whatsoever. There's nothing. The companies that hire you cannot, they can never guarantee you unless you're the CEO or the owner. Like there is no guarantee that tomorrow you're going to have a job. Not even. Steve Jobs was let go from Apple. Right. Mexico <laughs> or Pepsi replaced him, right? And then they brought him back. That's because he, he went public and he had a board, right? They can throw him out if they want. Even the founder of the organization, the CEO of the organization, right. is not. So why would you think that you're safe as a full-time employee? You're not safe. <laughs> right? 
It's a great point. And being that nobody's safe, what you're saying is, is that as much as possible, if you can figure out an aspect of your expertise that you're able to sell, that that might be able to create, you're suggesting that somebody does it as a side hustle more than as a full-time gig. Yes? I'll tell you, I'll explain to you my recipe as to why I believe that it works really well for me. There are a few ingredients. The first one is because I'm not chasing money. First of all, that's not my personality. I'm not building relationships with people to try to take their money. I build relationships with people because I truly care to get to know them. If I can help them, great. If I'm providing them with a service, with my commitment, with ongoing expertise, you name it, then I should be compensated for my knowledge, my skills, experience, and expertise. Now, because I'm not chasing them for money, it works to my advantage because people don't perceive me as a threat, right? So they want to deal with me. They want me on their side. They realize that I'm not just there to gain something out of them. The second one is because I am, I am employed. I mean, I'm providing consulting. So yeah, I have my 40 hours per week. I'm not desperate. So I don't advise people to start to do this if they are in a tough situation financially. Because if you are, chances are that you will be desperate. You will be chasing money, not impact. My focus is on making a positive impact, delivering value, building relationships, not on getting your money. Chase impact, not money. Correct. In fact, people who cannot afford me I give them all the flexibility in the world that they need. You want 24 payments? Great. You want 48 payments? Great. No problem at all. You know why? Because I can afford it. Because if I was someone who was just doing this for a living, there's no way that I would be able to feed my family if I give you 48 payments of $100. <laughs> I would need how many? I would need a lot of people. Yeah. I would need 200 people per month to be able to have my $20,000 per month that I'm currently making. So I can't have 200, yeah, 200 people per month. I can't. I mean, that's too many. So I can offer flexibility because I care to make a positive impact. If I see that you're struggling, that you are capable, I see that you have the right attitude, the right mindset, the right manners, the right values, and I want to help you, I will help you. I've even had someone who said to me, Brian, look, I'll send you, his name is David. He said, Brian, I'll send you a blank check from the States. He said, I'll send you a blank check. Please don't cash it until I am back on my feet. Okay. I said, dude, first of all, don't send me a blank check. and don't send anybody a blank check. <laughs> crazy. Like, what are you talking about? Words to live by. Don't send blank checks to anybody. <laughs> I'm still, still in touch with him. I love this guy. He wanted to send me a blank check. I was burnt once before. I said, look, I don't need a blank check, okay? I don't need you to pay me. I don't need you to send me your watch, okay? I don't need that. I said, do you have $1? So we make this into an official transaction, a formal transaction, okay? Do you have $1 in your credit card? He said, dude, I have more than a dollar. So no, no, pay me $1 and we'll make it into an official transaction. I will provide you with a service. And whenever you're back on your feet, you pay me. He said, no, I'll pay you a hundred. Okay. I said, great. Perfect. 
I was like, I'm not going to push back. I said, you don't have to. <laughs> you don't have to. You can pay me $1 if you want. He said, no, no, I'll pay you 100 I said, okay, yeah, perfect. And then he paid me the rest. So people realize that I'm not after their money. I don't care for that. I don't care to just take advantage. I do believe that I am the Rolls Royce of whatever it is that I offer. And that's why I charge an arm and a leg. And my commitment is there. And I follow up and I keep in touch and so on. I truly care. But I give them all the flexibility in the world. So when someone says to me, Brian, I cannot afford you, I say, that's actually a lie. Everybody can afford me. Once I can make a difference. Once I make, make a difference in your life, you will be able to afford me. If right. you don't want to take a chance on yourself, that's a different story. But they make it possible for everybody to afford me. Fine. Let's put the side hustle to the side for a second. Let me put that off. And this, this all makes a ton of sense and, and it's amazing. What are some pieces of advice that you can give to people who are now going to have to go and figure out finding a job? I mean, personally, and you, you can tell me your own expert opinion on this personally, I don't think that many companies are hiring right now. Until we actually are released from our stay-at-home orders and we find out just the level of the impact, I don't think anything's happening. And then, and then it might turn out like it might just continue going because they're worried because some scientists are saying that it might just be 18 months and everything. So it might be a long time with a hiring freeze. What are some pieces of advice that you can give to people who are now in a position of having to look for work, of having to potentially shift their career to, to look for something else? I mean, everything just changed. What's some advice you can give to people? So the first one is that they have to be polished. They need to seize the opportunity whenever the opportunity knocks on their doors, right? If there's an opportunity knocking on your door and you are not ready, you don't have your resume, you don't know how to interview well, you're not presentable, you don't even have a suit to go to an interview. I mean, these opportunities might show up in an instant at a time where you are not expecting it, right? You have to be prepared, first of all. Les Brown, far better to be prepared and not have an opportunity than to have an opportunity and not be prepared. Sure. So be prepared. That's the first one. The second one is network. Leverage your relationships. Don't be ashamed or don't feel that, that you're less because you're going through this. This is not just you. There are millions of people going through this. You're just one more going through this. If you have loyal friends, who truly care about you, who have your best interest at heart, who will do something to try to help you, reach out to them. Reach out to your family members. Network. Get out in the sense that right now you cannot get out because you cannot get out. <laughs> get out via Zoom and phone. <laughs> get out via Zoom and phone. There are so many of these gatherings, Zoom gatherings. Engage. For example, I'm not sure where you share your podcast, but I mean, everybody knows that I'm active on LinkedIn. I stopped using Facebook two years ago. When I started using LinkedIn, I was like, what am I doing on Facebook anyway, anymore? So if you're on LinkedIn, make the most of that platform. That platform is for professionals. Become active, become engaged, get out of your comfort zone. As I mentioned earlier, and I can only speak about this because I went through this myself. I'm not sure if you did as well, Harry. But for me, it was tough to even put a like because I was concerned what my manager or my colleagues are going to think about this. Listen, guys, if you're an employer right now, you don't have to think about your manager and your colleagues. So put that <laughs> like on those all the posts that you see, every single one of them. But I'll tell you more. Don't just put a like. Put a like and put a comment. 
whenever you put a like, it doesn't do anything for you. Nobody knows what you think, how you think, what you stand for. Nothing. They don't have a clue what your personality is. No one can help you. You cannot build relationships just by putting a like on a post. So put a like and leave a comment and make it meaningful. Don't just leave an emoji. Don't just say thanks for sharing. State what you think, what you stand for, whether you agree or disagree. Ask a question. Ask a question. Make it meaningful. And I'll tell you also one thing that I've seen works really well when leaving a comment. If you're planning on leaving a comment on somebody else's post, mm -hmm. if you can find somebody else who wrote a comment on that post that you can then post a reply to, you can leave a comment on the post, period. But if you can also find somebody who wrote something on that post that you can post a reply to, whether, like you said, you can be agreeing, you can be disagreeing, you could be asking a question, you could be asked to clarify, you could be uh, saying something. But if you add something meaningful to somebody else's, then you're almost guaranteed to get at least one or two responses. And then just the conversation flows and people start to pick up on who you are. People start to see your name. Right. I'll tell you more. And that's excellent advice. I'll tell you more. And of course, we have our, our own needs and we... We need to post or we need to see the views or the likes or comments of our own posts to go up. But again, this is for the people who are just getting started. More things that you can do to make other people love you. Go on those posts of other people that you care to have around you, who you think can help you. Whenever you leave a comment, add some hashtags. Okay, People are going to love you because... Everybody knows that on LinkedIn, you can have three hashtags or people claim to have three hashtags per post. What they don't know is that you can come as a contributor to that post and put hashtags on your comment as well, which is going to help that post take off, right? So go and find some meaningful hashtags. Besides that, what you can do as well is you can tag other people who you think can benefit from that post too who might be interested in chiming into that conversation. So when that person, the owner, the author of that post, sees you so engaged, not once, but once, twice, three times, five times, 10 times, you will be like, who's this person? I want to get on a Zoom. I want to get on a call. I want to understand who he is or she is. I want to know more, right? They might have the key to that door that you couldn't unlock by yourself or that you didn't even know exists. So my motto, I don't know if it is my motto, but my phrase is <laughs> give, give, give. And when you think you're done giving, give again. So try to find every single way to give. And if you don't want to start posting something because you don't feel confident, you don't know what to post about, whatever it is, start engaging with other people's posts. Join a LinkedIn Live. See what other people say. Say the same thing if you have to, in different words, maybe. Just say something. Build yourself up. Like 2% of the users on LinkedIn are engaged. They are active. Everybody else is consuming the content. Without necessarily liking or commenting, right? So even if you just start liking and commenting, you're already better than 98% of the people out there, give or take. I will never put a like unless I put a comment. If I put a like, I put a comment. Otherwise, what's the point? First of all, I'm not helping the other person, the author, and I'm not helping myself either. If I want other people to notice me, to follow me, to connect with me, to reach out to me for help or for opportunities, either. Either both of them are great karma, right? One of them is I am giving. The other one is I am receiving from someone else. 
I want both. Both are great karma. So I comment, I engage in other people's posts and I make it my mission to give as much as I can. Amazing. How has the coronavirus crisis actually impacted you personally? Great question. Oh my goodness. So I felt anxious, uncertain. I was lost. I didn't know exactly where I was standing because I didn't understand the world anymore. Where it was that we were heading, what was happening. I was really concerned for my own family, first of all, there was concern for the rest of the world. I'm not just saying it. I was concerned about the crisis that we yet to see. I don't think that we are seeing the big crisis, but right now... If it comes to fruition, it's going to be a lot worse before it gets better. Meaning there's predictions that if the predictions come even partially true, it's going to be really bad before it gets better. Yeah, and... I have it really good. I mean, I cannot complain about anything. And I talk always about my five fingers. You talk about your, uh, here's a similarity. You talk about your five <laughs> keys. I talk about my five fingers, which are the things, I call them my life essentials. So I have my life essentials. First of all, I woke up and I feel healthy, right? That for me is number one. If I didn't wake up, then what else do I have? All my other Second. My loved ones are healthy and next to me. First of all, I, when I talk about my loved ones, I talk about my, my wife and my children, right? So the fact that my wife continues to choose me every day, I mean, but first I talk about the fact that she's healthy and my kids are healthy. And second, that they are next to me. Third, we have a roof over our heads and we have heat in the wintertime. Fourth, we have food on the table and we have food in the fridge, meaning that we know that we are going to eat today and tomorrow. And fifth, we have family and friends who love us. Those are my life essentials. With those, I'm doing really good. Like, I don't need anything else. I'm fine with whatever it is that I have, okay? But I have way... Let's run through them one more time for the listeners. Uh, number one, that you woke up today. Number two, you have your loved ones around you. And for each person, that could be different. And they're healthy, right? Yeah. And they're healthy, they're healthy, right? Number three, roof over our heads. Roof, that's important. I mean, you can you can survive heat, but Canadian winter? Yes. <laughs> it gets cold up there. And number four, that you have food both for today and for the future. Yeah. Food security, let's call it. Yeah. You have family and friends who love you. Meaning beyond your immediate family, you have other family and friends who love you. Yeah. yeah, amazing. Which means you care for others, others care for you, you're a member of a society, of a community, right? You're not just self-centered. It's not all about you. Right. You really have built yourself up in the world, right? I'm good. I'm really good. I am blessed. I have way more than that. I'm not trying to brag. I'm saying I, I acknowledge the fact that I have so much more. I, at the same time, I acknowledge that there are so many people who don't have that. Some people are single, and I feel for them, right? They are single in their apartments. There are other people who are struggling to buy food. If you don't have food, like how do you even get energy to do anything? 
the people who are sick and they cannot even afford medication, the people who didn't even wake up, like seriously, they are elderly people who decided to give respirators. They give their respirators to younger people. A guy I know for a long time, I mean, he's older than me, I'm saying. I was like a kid and he's uh, he was an adult and stuff. And like, you know, I was working in the pizza shop and he would, he would come around because he was in the food business also. And he was in a car accident a number of weeks ago and he went into a coma. Mm-hmm. He didn't wake up. And then just uh, just a few days ago, that's it. You know, that's that was it. Fast. But do you imagine waking up after a coma and realizing what changed? I mean, if he had woken up, I mean, the whole entire world is different. Yeah. Everything. I mean, it's just... But like you said, I'm saying just the fact that we're able to wake up and experience a new day and everything. I mean, that's... You know, there's been times where I've been in some somewhat dark places and whatnot. Yeah. And maybe I'll be just... there. It happened a couple of times. I'll be driving to my kid's school and there's a funeral home on the way over there. And I would see that there's a funeral gathering and like, I'm not going to say that that brightened my mood because it wasn't that, but the thought process is, is you sit there and you're like, okay, look, I might be having a hard time. I might be having a bad day, but no matter how bad my day gets today, it will never be as bad as that guy's day is because that's it. He's done. He's out of here. Right. Yeah. (laughs) That's pretty heavy. I'm sorry. No, no, no. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. So I think that we have to acknowledge, we have to recognize that we are given another chance. Every single day, we're given another chance to make something out of this precious life that we have. And so for me, again, I felt uncertain about what we were going through and very anxious. I didn't know what was going to happen with my employment. I mean, I can generate side income from LinkedIn, but at the same time, it's good to have the peace of mind that you have steady income coming in, right? And also, I love what I do in technology. I love what I do. So, so I'm concerned for the rest of the world, what's going to happen. And I, I don't know. I am trying to do my part to help, to empower, to inspire, to shed light onto the world, to make a real positive impact that is tangible, to bring people up back on their feet like I did before the crisis started. But I recognize that the world needs a lot more leaders. A lot more. I'm not... The what do you mean by that? You feel like there's a big vacuum of leadership? A big lack of leadership? Yeah, I mean, there are so many leaders that claim to be leaders just because they have titles. But at the time of doing the right thing, they don't do the right thing. They don't even know what the right thing is. And it's very unfortunate that not everybody does the right thing. And there are a lot of people who are suffering because of it. I want to see this world to be more fair. Not, I'm not talking about communism. I'm talking about... I was about to ask. <laughs> no, I'm talking about people having a chance to eat. Yep. Having a chance to feed their families, to have medication. Absolutely. To be looked after. To live meaningful with dignity, you know? And some people, again, and this is why back in January, I shared my resume out of my heart. Because I realized how unfair the world is, that there are so many people with lack of knowledge. And I was like, you know what? I'm done with making money out of this thing. I've made enough. Absolutely. I believe in giving, sharing, right? So let's give. Money will come in some other way. It doesn't matter. And believe me, right away, the moment that I gave that, it transformed in some other way that it came to me from an organization that needed my help. They didn't know how to use LinkedIn. Now they're paying me $2,500 per month to coach them, to mentor them on how to use LinkedIn. 2,500 a month? A month from one organization. 
You spend what minutes per day? Minutes. <laughs> You've heard of Anne Frank, I'm assuming, yes? Yes, yes. Okay, so just for the listeners who haven't heard of Anne Frank, she was a young girl when World War II struck, and she and her family hid in two small rooms with, it was about eight people hiding the rooms together. They had to be completely silent or the Nazis would find them and capture them. She journaled throughout the entire time that she was in there, and her father found the journal after the war. She did not make it through the war. Her and her sister, and I think her mom also passed, all passed, but her father made it. He found the journal when he went to explore the property after the war was over, and he published it, and it went worldwide. She says, she's quoted as saying, no one has ever become poorer by giving. And this is what you're talking about. This is what you're talking about. You gave something away. And some people might be, I want to hold it in. I want it to be mine. I can't give it out. But you gave it freely. And the returns were stuff that you never necessarily could have imagined beforehand. But it changed. Changed everything. The moment you give, it is so selfish to give. Let me put it like this. I call it the same thing. Because the moment you give, you instantly get. And sometimes even if you don't get external, you get internal to such a degree. Oh, that's what you're talking about. That's what I'm referring to. Ah, okay. <laughs> no, no, I don't even care about the external. What I care about is that feeling of fulfillment that is like I gave out of my heart. Don't give with the expectation to get. Okay. Right. Give with the expectation of making a difference in somebody else's life. I tell people you'll be on cloud nine all day long. Hey, did you see? Yeah, you saw what I did. Did you see what I? You see what I gave to that person? You see how I made a difference in their lives? I mean, obviously, we're not going to sit there and talk ourselves up like that. But meaning, that's the running commentary that's going on in your head, and it changes your mood for the day, for the week, for the month. I mean, twenty years from now, you could turn them back around. You'd be like, "Huh, I did that." <laughs> You know, it's amazing. It really is. Whoever listens to me talking about monetizing LinkedIn and making money and so on, I want you to know, just if you don't know me from before, that when I sit down in bed with my wife, we don't count money. I don't count money next to her. I don't even, I'll be completely honest about this. This is crazy what I'm going to share right now. My wife told me, so we have multiple accounts, right? We have business account. We have personal account. She was like, you forgot to move money from the business account onto the personal account because we keep everything on the business one until we actually need it on our personal. We pay as we need, right? Seems like the business makes sense business-wise, I guess, to not take money out because you have to pay taxes on that money. Anyway, she's like, you have to move $7,000 over to our personal because you forgot to put it. What I'm trying to share with you is we don't count money. We don't even talk about money, except whenever the month rolls around, we have to pay for the credit card. And then we have to see how much is the minimum payment, blah, 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 which we pay in full every single month because it also, business-wise, it makes sense not to pay interest. So we don't pay interest on anything. But what I want to share with you is we don't count money. At the end of the day, when we sit down and we have dinner or we sit down in bed and we chat, we talk about the stories of the people that we've been able to impact positively. So money doesn't motivate me. That's why I can help someone whether they pay me that $1 that I was mentioning about or whether they pay me 4000 in one shot. It doesn't matter. It doesn't make a difference to me. I am as committed, as dedicated, as loyal, and as driven, regardless of how much money comes. And that's why I did it with the same passion when I did it for 15 bucks an hour than when I did it for 1500 It doesn't make a difference. It's just the fact that 
people value me at that because I value myself at 1500 bucks an hour. Amazing. How do you feel continuous professional development will help people in the face of coronavirus and, and every, all the crazy, crazy things that are going on? I believe that people need to continue advancing in their careers and they have to stay current. Even just after they were laid off, now they have no idea what's coming. They have to recognize where their industries are heading, right? There are certain industries that are not meant to last, maybe. Other industries are going to shift. They're going to evolve. They're going to realize that they can do with a lot less people. A lot of industries don't even pay as well as others do. For example, I am blessed that I, I was, I don't know, I feel like when I was 13 years old, I was a visionary. <laughs> I'll tell you what. When I went to this top school, the number one school in Argentina, technical school, okay? This was my middle school and high school. I wanted to study music. I was fascinated because I was playing the keyboard, you know, the organ. So I went in and I was like, I, I want to study music because I saw the production studio. I was like, I want to do music. And then I realized, wait a second, how many singers or musicians actually make it big? They actually succeed. Whether they enjoy life, that's a different story, right? But do they live well? Well, not everybody. There are a few who are very successful, and there are many other people who are struggling. And I was also into technology, computers, and I was like, you know what? I think that this thing is going to go big. And I went into computer science instead, and I made the right choice. My wife, on the other hand, she chose fashion design. And as we all know, all the garments, they come from Bangladesh, China, India, you name it, wherever, somewhere in Asia. And her labor, even though she works here in Canada, is not appreciated as much as mine is. And she works probably two or three times as hard, and she gets paid three times less than I do. That's unfair, right? It's unfair for me to see her work so hard to get paid one third of what I do. So many people would have to realize and recognize that maybe the industries that they once chose, maybe they're not for them anymore. And now a lot of people say that the longer we live, the more careers we're going to go through in our lifetime, right? I'm in my second career. You're in your second one. If you want to count my youth, you could even say that I'm in my third. I'm saying I, I spent about 10 years in restaurants and stuff before I made the move into like branding and marketing, but that's because of my interesting high school years where I didn't really go to high school. <laughs> people are like, where'd you go to high school? I'm like, ah, uh, Tove Pizza. <laughs> <laughs> but you could call it my third if you really want to like push but we're definitely in the age where people are going to be having multiple careers and stuff and you're saying that if people look at this as an opportunity to sit there and, and look around figure out where they feel the world is heading and we don't know that yet because it hasn't we're still changing too rapidly but it's going to start slowing down the change i imagine you're saying is if you can start to figure out where you see it going in six months in a year and get prepared now to be that person who's going to be able to take it there. Like for instance, one thing that I can tell you is that I can almost guarantee you that there will be a lot of manufacturing jobs opening up in the US. I don't know who's going to fill them. I can see that as well. I was talking about this with my wife tonight over dinner. Yeah. We see that happening. And maybe Canada also. Yeah. Because I don't think that these countries will allow this to happen again where we are held ransom, right? Like we are against well, we cannot do anything because all the production is over in China. Yeah, literally. We can't do anything, literally. Meaning it, we may not move all production here. 
We may still buy stuff from China. That's possible. But we are definitely going to have a decent amount of production moved here, if not complete embargoes and stuff, if that's the right word. I think that the government might incentivize, yep. give some financial incentives to organizations to start to produce here or whatever. And I think that it would be a smart move to do that. I think that it is a great opportunity for people to recognize whether their industries are heading in the right direction, whether their jobs or career opportunities are really appreciated as much as they appreciate them, right? If you cannot live meaningfully or financially with the freedom, with financial freedom that you need to be able to have your basic needs and treat yourself, live with dignity, you know, maybe you need to think of other careers, right? And it's never too late to take a course to get started with something else. And what I want to share with you, hopefully this inspires you, again, back to monetizing LinkedIn, but anybody listening, I mean, it's been a while, so I imagine if you're still listening, it's because you have, you have some interest. <laughs> I want you to know that over my 23-year career in IT, I've managed to make, let's say, 200,000 bucks a year, okay? I don't typically talk about money, but I really want to inspire you. I don't like to brag about money. I don't like to talk about money. But right now, I'm in this mode in which I want people to wake up and do something. That took me 23 years, okay, since I was 13 years old. On LinkedIn, I've been able to generate just as much in two years. So people are going to ask, wait, so is LinkedIn a career? No, LinkedIn is not a career. But figuring out what value you can deliver, what services you can offer to other professionals across the world and explore and unlock your own potential, that is a mindset you should adopt. Whether you choose industry A, B, or C, it doesn't matter. I believe that you should invest in your own personal and professional development of your industry, outside of your industry. I, on LinkedIn, nobody knows what I do. Nobody knows that I'm in technology, unless we've become friends and we've talked about this and whatnot. I don't even list that on my, on my headline under my name. I don't even say what I do. And I've had a 23-year career. Why I don't say it? Because on LinkedIn, I'm not a, about that. I'm about empowering other people in other forms, with resumes, with interviews, monetizing LinkedIn, and even helping them immigrate to Canada. You can do that too. Don't box yourself into one thing. Oh, I am this. When Ari asked me to write about myself in a short bio, I wrote about the few different things that I do, and I do a bunch of things. But I only discovered the other bunch two years ago when I started doing this on LinkedIn. And as months keep going by, I keep on exploring and doing more things too. So what I encourage you is to please stop boxing yourself. I am this. This is my skill. You can be so much more. You can be anything you want. Start from 15 bucks an hour and then move all the way to 1500 and then find another 15 bucks an hour for something else and then move all the way to 1500 and now you have two 1500s an hour and then go and find something else for 15 bucks an hour and move it all the way to 1500 now you have three that's what i've been doing fascinating all right we've gone way over what i usually do but i, I felt like the coronavirus stuff was just so important to cover so I, i've got two more questions for you <laughs> one is there any lasting any other advice that you would give to somebody who's currently hurting from the coronavirus and obviously this is very open you can interpret this any way you want because most of the world is currently reeling from the effects of the coronavirus and we're not even 
like we're talking right now about jobs and economics. And I mean, there's tons of people and families who are dealing with the actual medical part of it and God should send them healing as quickly as possible and everything and things should be good for them. But any parting words you would like to share with people who are currently dealing with this? Um, I'd like them to, to keep calm if you can. Stay positive for yourself, for your own well-being, for your own health, for your own mindset, for your own emotional stability, but also because other people like to be around people who are positive. They can sense it. They can sense it, of course. So I'll tell you that I have two favorite words. One of them is amazing, and the other one is kindness. And amazing goes back to those five fingers that I have. When people ask me, how are you? I say amazing. As long as my five fingers are in place, of course, right now I'm not saying amazing because I recognize how, how much in pain most of the world is. <laughs> right. I'm not saying amazing, right? So when I want to say amazing nowadays, it's so hard to say amazing that I just don't... Typically, I used to say amazing, right? Like I truly mean it. Now, if I say amazing, it's like amazing. Like I don't mean it anymore. It seems callous, if right? Even though you're coming from the perspective of I'm here, I've got my five fingers. Yeah, but I recognize that there are so many people suffering. It's so much suffering, right? Not say amazing, right? But at the same time, I wanted to know that if you are positive, you're going to be attracting other people who want to be around you, even if they cannot physically be around you. They will want to be digitally around you and want to help you and want to get to know you. And maybe they have opportunities for you. Or maybe they, they are the ones who can listen to you. I'll tell you one thing. This is very personal. It's not about me. It's about someone else. But there's, there's this girl. I love her. She's amazing. She reached out to me. She was going to commit suicide. And I didn't know that. And I listened to her. This happened over LinkedIn. I didn't even listen to her. Okay, I just chatted with her. And I gave her strength. And I put myself in her shoes. I didn't know that she was going to commit suicide. Throughout the entire conversation, I didn't know. I just gave her the energy, the reassurance, the, the confidence, the whatever it is that she needed to not pull the trigger. She has a child and she's married, but she was devastated. She was not in a good place and she needed someone to listen to her. So what I'm saying to you is try to be positive. Maybe... You attract someone who can listen to you. I'm not saying that or suggesting that you're going through the same thing. Maybe you need someone to be there for you. Things are much easier when you are with someone else. And the more that we can recognize that other people are going through the same situation that we're going through, the less isolated we feel and the more connected we feel. And as humans, with that human connection, I mean, we were talking about the five keys to greatness earlier and everything, and I have this, you know, one of the keys is presence or to be engaged. We need that human connection more than we'll ever admit it. And like you said, when we have people who it feels like they know what we're going through, again, we're not isolated and we feel connected and that gives us the strength to get through anything. Absolutely. It's amazing what that does for us. Go ahead. Sorry. And to that point, and you remind me about this, Jack Ma, former CEO of Alibaba, Huge organization, highly successful. Everybody who talks about Jack Ma, they talk super highly of this guy. He's amazing, super inspirational. He talks about in one of his videos, his interviews, where the human skill, what we can do as human beings, cannot be replaced. So 
although this world goes into automation and artificial intelligence and machine learning and technology at large, keep in mind that there will always be a place for humanity, for what makes us human. Not just labor, but actually feelings and connection and empathy and so on. Machines cannot do that. They cannot even pretend. Right. So keep that in mind. There's something that makes you special. And you were put on Earth for a reason. A virus is not going to wipe us out at large, and it's not going to wipe you out. Just know that you came to this planet for a purpose, and you have something here to deliver. And you have many more years to come, God willing, with health and love and prosperity. So keep on striving. And as long as your heart is beating, there's hope. Love it. Absolutely love it. What is one actionable item that you would tell people to do today to help them begin their way to greatness? One thing would be give generously. Just give. If you can give, give your time, give your knowledge, give something. Become a master by giving something to others and be associated with kindness. Be recognized for being the kindest person out there. And be recognized because you are out there. So if you are not active, if nobody knows who you are, start today. All you have to do is pause this thing or stop it after it ends. Hop onto LinkedIn, which is in front of you anyway. You have to swipe up or wherever you will find it. <laughs> Go and start engaging. Get people to know you. Go find Ari. Come find me. We'll support you. We want you to do well. I don't just say it. Absolutely. I don't just say it to get followers or get connections. I am maxed out in connections, so I don't even get connections. If you want me, if you want to talk to me, you can send me a private message for free. You don't have to pay. I paid $800 so that you can send me a private message. <laughs> I mean, it's not for growth. It's so that I can help. So if you want anything, reach out. If you want to start posting, we'll support you. We've had in the beginning of our journeys, someone who helped us besides God. We had people there to support us. So if you want to get started, come and say, Ari, Brian, thanks to your podcast, thanks to this episode or previous episodes, I've been inspired to start posting. Can you support me? Can you give me a hand? Can you get me off the ground? Can you bring other people? Can you, whatever it is, just come and ask. You already have the no in front of you. Turn it into a yes. Absolutely. Amazing. I love it. If people want to learn more about you or about any of the programs that you're doing, where are some of the places that you they can get in touch with you? If you are interested in monetizing LinkedIn, you can go to monetize.com. It's kind of like monetize.com, but with a D, M-O-N-D-E-T-I-Z-E.com. In Canada, they say Z. In America, we say Z. So just, <laughs> sorry. I don't even know how to say it because I came from Argentina. I don't even know how to pronounce anything. No, no, no. You know what it is, is that there's plenty of people who would be fine with that. And just just in case there's somebody who's like, wait, what, Z? Just, <laughs> just monetize with a D in the, between the N and the D in the E. <laughs> Sorry. no no it's good 
typically on anything that I provide, I try to give value before I ask for anything. I never ask for anything anyway, but you will find a free video, 90-minute video on how to start to become active on LinkedIn, how to use the network properly, and how not to make mistakes, okay? How to avoid those mistakes that some people do, that some people make. So go on that site, scroll down, you will find the video, 90-minute video. If you are interested in immigrating to Canada, for example, you can go to immigrationsniper.com. That's another site. There is a three-hour video on how to immigrate to Canada. If you're interested in it, I need a webinar. <laughs> I was watching part of it before. It's, it's pretty interesting. I, I just picked a random spot and like listened to you. Talk. I was like, wow, okay, it's pretty cool. I was so intense about So I put together the slide, the presentation. I presented this live with Janayan Iqbal. Yep. Three hours. He was actually yawning. He was like, yeah, I, I didn't know what I signed up for. He, hasn't, he says he wants to move to Canada, but he didn't know how long he was. <laughs> anyway, you can watch the video for free, learn how to immigrate to Canada. You can download the presentation for free, 81 slides for free. So those are two of my sites. I have more. If you want anything else, just reach out to me. You have interviewsniper.com. I don't know. I have many sites. Maybe we'll just leave it to the top three. You can find Brian on LinkedIn. His name, you'll see it in the show notes and in the show title, but it, there's interview sniper. If you're looking for interview help, there's immigration sniper. If you're looking for immigrating to Canada and there's Mond Details as M-O-N-D-E-T-I-Z or Z-E.com. And those are, I guess, the top three sites that you're dealing with, right? Awesome. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you so much. This has been absolutely amazing. You guys may not know this, but before we even went live, before we even started like getting into the crux of things, I mean, we were hanging out on Zoom for what, 40 minutes or something beforehand? Oh, no. Time flies with you. I I wish I had known how amazing your personality is. I, I would have met with you just for everybody to know. This is the very first time that we talk. And I felt like I've known you all my life. So thank you so much. Yeah, so ditto. We have a pending lunch appointment the next time I'm up in Toronto. (laughs) Amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for being on the show. I really appreciate that you you took the time to come out to share with us your thoughts, your expertise. I think there's some phenomenal information on here that people can really put to use and, and hopefully help themselves either on their way to greatness or digging themselves out from coronavirus or a little bit of both. You know, I mean, uh, we can be digging ourselves out from a, a crisis and also be working on our greatness at the same time. They're not mutually exclusive. Keep safe, please. Yes, stay safe. Thank you. I've been uh, years ago when I was by the pizza shop, uh, for some reason, I don't even know like what spurred it, but some of the kids from the inner city started saying every single time you you know say goodbye to them, it'd be like, oh, see you later, man. Be safe. You know, I picked that up then. And then obviously, you know, lingo disappear sometimes but like as soon as this thing started popping up again i'm like oh. every single time i was saying bye to somebody i'm like stay safe man it, it's not for be safe to stay safe but it was like stay safe you know stay safe <laughs> that's the name of the game right now keep yourself keep others safe all right cool thank you so much i appreciate it again and this has been amazing in this time of great uncertainty i'm offering some limited time webinars that hopefully hopefully will help you frame what's going on. We'll help you figure out your next steps. We'll help you know what to do to build your life back up. I am using 
various parts of my five keys to greatness. It happens to be in this episode, we actually discuss the initial concept of the five keys to greatness, but they're so deep and I want to be able to share this with you. I want to be able to share information with you now. As I'm recording this, we have not fully finalized the names of the webinars, but once you are listening to this, the names of the webinars are online. Go to fivekeystogreatness.com forward slash webinars. Again, fivekeystogreatness.com. It's a five, not spelled out. Fivekeystogreatness.com slash webinars. You can also go to waytogreatness.com. We have a link on the homepage. It'll take you right over there. It'll show you the webinars that we have available. We have a few different time slots. And if you are not sure if you're going to be able to make it, don't worry. Sign up because you will get a recording after the live webinar. You can listen to it or watch it whenever you are ready. I can tell you that the theme for these webinars, one of them is going to be talking about the vast amount of uncertainty and change that we have going on right now and how it is an opportunity for all of us to grow. And there are going to be people who are going to come out of this worse off and there are going to be people who are going to come out of this better off. And we can be the people who come out of this better than we went into it. Yes, it's scary. Yes, it's different. Unfortunately, it's also taking its toll on people you know my heart goes out to these people and i wish them speedy recoveries but we do need to pay attention to what we can do to build ourselves up and bring ourselves out of this another one is going to be talking about specifically growth right do you want to shut down or do you want to grow it's your choice check out our webinars five keys to greatness.com forward slash webinars We're talking about uncertainty. We're talking about change. We're talking about growth in a time of great calamity. We're talking about what do we do when everything around us shuts down? What do we do right after we get laid off? How do we build back up? And everything that I'm going to be talking about in these webinars is going to be touching upon at least a little bit. And depending on the webinar, a little bit more the five keys to greatness. Please do yourself a favor. Go right now to fivekeystogreatness.com forward slash webinars. That link will be in the show notes. Make sure you go check out the available webinars and sign up for one. It will help you. It will help you frame what's going on around you. It will help you understand what steps you can take to position yourself in the best possible place so that despite the whole world shutting down. You're able to build up and you're able to thrive. That's what it's all about. We want together, united we stand, divided we fall. We want together to be able to make it through this and make it past this. Change the world. We have that opportunity right now. The entire world just imploded. We have the opportunity right now to change the world. Let's take it. Let's take it together. Let's take that chance together and let's sit there and get into this webinar, discuss everything that's going on right now and figure out our next steps. I cannot say thank you enough to Brian for this amazing, amazing conversation that we just had. This is my longest episode to date by far. And it's really amazing how we just were able to get so much vital information out. I think we're all in a place of great uncertainty. We all don't know what's coming next. And the more that we can have clarity, the more that we can understand what we need to do now in order to create a better future for ourselves later, the better off we all are. 
Thank you again for tuning into today's episode. Please make sure to hit that subscribe button. I want you to be able to constantly get all of the episodes as they come out. We are pushing out episodes all the time. We have great guests where you can learn a lot. And I just want you to be a part of that. Thank you so much for tuning in and make it a day of greatness. Don't forget to go leave a review. Please leave us a review. It helps us get found. Other people can find this content and use it to grow their life and make a whole new difference in their life. And you leaving a review helps other people find this podcast. So make sure you go into Apple Podcasts, drop a review, say good things. Make sure you tell people all the things you like about this podcast or just tell them one main thing. Go in there, put your star rating down, tell them your favorite part of the show, and that's it. Keep it simple, but do it. Thank you for listening to the Way to Greatness podcast, where we explore the journey from failure and mediocrity to success and greatness. Keep moving on your way to greatness. Join us next week for more stories, inspirations, and interviews to help you achieve the greatness within you.